Welcome back to the Citizens Defending Freedom Show. We are excited to announce our Be Brave book campaign for Giving Tuesday this November. We've partnered with Brave Books to provide an alternative to the obscene books that are rampant in schools. For every donation of $10 or more, we will donate a Brave book to a school in one of our counties. Give $50 or more and we will donate a book, plus you will be entered into a drawing for a chance to win a custom Stanley Tumblr. And if you give $100 or more, we will donate a book, your name will be entered to win a Stanley, and you'll get special recognition on our show and on our social media. So join us in helping to achieve our goal of donating 500 books back to schools in need of wholesome content by clicking the link in our bio. Coming up today, we will hear firsthand accounts from some of our Texas team members on what they experienced during a recent trip to our nation's southern border. Kirk Cameron also joins us to talk about his new book, The Fox, The Fair, and The Invention Scare, and how one Florida House of Representatives candidate could be facing felony charges. All of that and more is ahead on today's show, but first, before we get started, head to our website, citizensdefendingfreedom.com, and hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on any of our content. Members of our Texas CDF team just got back from an eye-opening trip to the Texas border. This trip included assisting in car auctions, fixing border fences, cleaning up trash, assisting citizens, and helping with office work. Here with us today are two of our executive directors, Marsha and Melinda. Thank you both for taking time out of your schedules to serve at our border. Did the border, did seeing it in person affect what you had seen the border through media? Absolutely. Yes, it did, for sure. How so? I mean, we hear in the media what's happening. We see little short clips, but we don't see the full picture. Uh, walking along the border, hearing the stories of, of Magali and the things that Melinda had already done before uh, came to life right there when, when we showed up to see that. And seeing all the, <clears throat> the, the, the clothing and the trash and the shoes strung along the banks of the river, I mean, that's... It's eye-opening. It's such a problem. Seeing all the, the fences cut and uh, the breaches in the ranchers, you know, property, it's it's atrocious what's going on down there. Mm -hmm. Melinda, what was it like standing at the border and watching people cross? Um, unfortunately, that wasn't my first time to see that. So uh, this time was a little bit more intense than it has been uh, in the past. Uh, they they were coming up, two people had drowned, so they were there was a lot of confusion, a lot of stress there because they were trying to get the bodies out. Uh, there was about 30, 35 people had crossed at that time, but before that, they had 300 people cross. So we had gotten at the very end of a big uh, group of people crossing over. Uh, and then I, you know, they watched right past us, and I just said, where are you from? And they're from Venezuela. And that is a huge uh, red flag here in Texas, we're having a lot of violence from Venezuelan gangs and issues like that, especially in Dallas. That's been a huge report lately. Um, we saw some children that obviously, uh, I mean, they were not, it looked like they had been drugged. They were not, you know, the one little girl was, her arms were mm -hmm. just flapping. And we've heard many reports of them drugging children to bring them over. And unfortunately, you know, when we talked to the Border Patrol, they're, they're just as frustrated as we are. And, and that's what every time I've talked to Border Patrol, they're just so frustrated. And the gentleman said, yeah, this is, you know, there's 300 that have come across already this morning. Um, and that 500 Magali on Magali's land that she knew of last week, 500, and then another day, 200. And then the Border Patrol said, and five Iranians got through. 
We know for a fact mm-hmm. five Iranians got through. So we're talking about our nation, safety for our citizens, and we are certainly not seeing it. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned that a that a young child had been sedated, what happens to that young child after they come across U.S. border? Well, we're hearing many, many, many reports of sex trafficking. Obviously, there's human smuggling going on at the border. Uh, why we went down there was to help with Sheriff Coe. And Marsha and her team said, hey, I want to go. I want to help. And we're like, thank you. And uh, so we had seven come in on Friday to help with an auction on Sunday, an auto auction that Sheriff Coe was having in Kinney County. Uh, every single automobile, vehicle, trailer that they sold was from human trafficking. So these people are coming across the border looking for a brighter future, thinking oh, some of them are coming for nefarious reasons. Some of them are coming because they're told there's a brighter future. And they're coming over and being sold into trafficking. And that is it's crimes against humanity. It is wrong in every way. And yet uh, we're seeing it over and over and over. And even coming into our cities, coming into I'm in the North Texas area, we're seeing it coming into our North Texas area. Um, we had a meeting with our, our sheriff the other day. Sheriff uh, Murphy came to speak at a meeting. He shared that they made one drug bus. They made many drug busts. But this one drug bus that they made, there was enough fentanyl to kill everybody in the state of Texas, every man, woman, and child twice, not just wow. once, to kill them twice. That's so much. And that's just one drug bust. And that's mm-hmm. coming across our border. So. Mm-hmm. And speaking on the car auction, all of those cars that you auctioned off were used in human trafficking crimes, correct? Yes. That's what we were told there. We actually went after we left you, uh, Melinda, and went and walked through the cars that were still on that property that they had not auctioned off yet. There were hundreds. There were hundreds of cars. Some of these cars were brand new cars. Uh, they still had all of the, the their personal property inside these cars. And you could tell just by what was in the cars that they were being used for um for that for sex trafficking and we also saw a trailer and uh matt the guy that was showing us around told us that this cattle trailer was being used and set up and they had handles in there to be used for for trafficking uh people inside the trailer they had three they sold three that weekend three of the trailers were used for human trafficking and then by Tuesday, they already had five more cars that they had confiscated for human trafficking. So this was Saturday. While we were there, five more cars were confiscated because of human trafficking. It is a huge issue. So when Border Patrol pulls somebody over and they suspect that human trafficking is going on, they confiscate the car. If there's a loan on the car, they try to get the company to come pick it up. That's the goal. So then this auction, people came and purchased these cars and the money went back to the sheriff's office? Went back to help the farmers, went back to help the county. Uh, they first, they, they go through a process. They told us they first find out who owns the car. They reach out to see if the car has been stolen. A lot of times these cars have been stolen from other people, you know, in a restaurant on a highway and gutted out and, and the back seats removed so that they can get more people in. You know, you could. We saw that. We saw a lot of these cars who have no back seats, or the trucks, no back seats, so they can get either more drugs in, more, more uh, people in. 
So we we saw a lot of that, and then they find out who owns the you know if the if the car is still uh, has a note on it, they call the bank and ask the bank, do they want to come and confiscate the car, take the car? And if they show, don't show up and they've done all of their due diligence, then it's then it's auctioned off. They've had to hire an entire full-time employee to manage this car problem now. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Melinda and Marsha, thank you so much for joining us today. Citizens Defending Freedom has uncovered what could potentially be felony charges for a Republican candidate who is running for District 35 state representative for the Florida House of Representatives. Ken Davenport, who is running against establishment Republican Erica Booth and grassroots Republican Scotty Moore, previously ran and lost for the same seat in 2022. The Orange County flight attendant, who is registered as no party affiliation since September 2022, switched his registration in December of 2022 to the Republican Party. On August 10, 2023, Davenport qualified for his election and signed his candidate oath of office on which he swore and affirmed that he had been a registered member of the Republican Party for 365 days before the beginning of qualifying. Unless Davenport has been using Common Core math, eight months does not equal 365 days. We have Osceola County Citizens Defending Freedom's Executive Director here with us now. Chris, it would appear to me that based on the documents we just saw, Ken Davenport lied on his oath of office. Yeah, that's how it appears. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Florida statutes clearly state that lying in your oath of office is a third-degree felony. Yeah, so Florida statute 104.011 does state that it is a third degree felony to swear or affirm falsely an oath in connection with or arising from voting or elections. Have you tried to discuss this issue with Mr. Davenport? Yes, I have. Actually, I've reached out to him through phone calls, through text messaging, private messaging to ask whether or not uh, he's affiliated with William Stafford Jones, who actually was listed on his treasurer report. Um, that was the first uh, red flag that I'd noticed. And then after I started digging more into uh, his campaign and candidate oath, then is, that's when I noticed that um, there were a little some more discrepancies. And so I did try to reach out to him several times to try to get some clarification and understanding. And unfortunately, he didn't respond to any of my requests. What, if anything, is being done about this blatant election violation? So there's a current court case that is being heard that uh, Anthony Sabatini has filed to have Ken Davenport removed from uh, the ballot for the special election. And that is under violating um, statute 99.021, which is part of the candidate oath you have to swear to uh, that you've been a member of a registered party for 365 days prior to qualifying. And so it was discovered that he wasn't, which is how he lied on the candidate oath. So there's two separate potential legal issues right now. There's the civil one, which is in court right now. And then there is also the potential criminal case. We look forward to seeing the outcome of this issue with Mr. Davenport. Thank you, Chris. As you heard at the beginning of this episode, we have partnered with Brave Books for our CDF Be Brave book campaign for the month of November. As part of that partnership, we are donating a Brave book to a school district in need of wholesome books. And one of those books is The Fox, the Fair, and the Invention Scare. And here with us today is the author of that book, Kirk Cameron. 
Kirk, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the program. Tell us a little bit about your new book. So this is a brand new children's book. Uh, some, some may remember that I've been traveling around the country reading kids' books of Christian virtue in public libraries. And I've uh, been met with a little bit of controversy and protests, which is crazy because my books are just about love and kindness and goodness, humility. And the newest one is, is all about loving your enemies. This is a book called The Fox, The Fair, and The Invention Scare. And this is, I think, so important right now. Lindsay, we, we, we turn on the news and realize that the world is at war. The Middle East is on fire. Ukraine and Russia is on fire. And the United States has more conflict than we know what to do with. People are at each other's throats. The right is against the left. Uh, we have racial wars, religious and um, economic wars. And you think about this, our kids are watching all of this. What are they going to do and what do they think about the future? How do they deal with people with whom they disagree? I think we need to give them a new strategy because if we don't, I, I, think, I think their future will um, feel hopeless to them. And that's why I wrote this new book about loving your enemies. That's not the only book you have with Brave Books, right? You have one or two others? That's right. This is my third book. Uh, the first one, As You Grow, is a is all about the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control. The second is called Pride Comes Before the Fall, about humility. We released that during Pride Month this summer. And this new one is all about loving your enemies. Thank you, Kirk, for joining us today. Check out our full podcast over on our website. That's it for today. Before we go, we want to leave you with our inspirational Bible verse of the week. This week's verse is Psalms 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. As you can see, Citizens Defending Freedom is doing important work. Please visit citizensdefendingfreedom.com where you can learn more about our organization and generously contribute to our cause. Have a great day and make sure to like us on social media and tell your friends about the great things we're doing. God bless. Bless.